it's all well and good if, you, if everything is going well and you're affluent and you're healthy and things are fine. You say, well, I'm spiritual but not religious. And that means that maybe you go for a hike in the mountains and you have certain feelings towards nature which are uplifting and inspiring. But human nature is not satisfied with that. And so what do they do? They go to an astrologer, they go to a seance, and they start practicing some sort of magic in order to get hold of this. Welcome to Faith and Culture, a production of the Augustan Institute. Every week, we explore the glory of the Catholic faith and the beauty of Catholic culture. And now, here's the host of Faith and Culture, Joseph Pierce. Hello, I'm Joseph Pierce, and welcome to another Faith and Culture podcast with the Augustan Institute. My guest today is my good friend, Father Dwight Longenecker, known to many for his blogging and his podcasts and his books. Father Dwight, welcome. Thank you. And we're going to uh, be discussing today paganism in its various forms. So um, how would you like to commence a general discussion on paganism? Is it good, bad, ugly, all of the above, none of the above? Well, we're recording this in uh, November of 2019, and of course last month in the Vatican was a very controversial synod, the Synod of the Amazon, in which, uh, of course, the big news item was the so-called, some people thought they were worshipping Pachamama, the uh, the earth goddess. I think the, the, the jury's still out on that one, on what right. it was exactly, but certainly it was disconcerting mm-hmm. to see uh, this enculturation of the Catholic faith in, in the Amazonian cultures and, and how we actually deal with that. It, it's, a, it's a difficult question, but certainly... Paganism, uh, as we understand it, uh, in the in Latin America is making a comeback. The worship of hot Pachamama is very fashionable. There's, um, if you go online, you'll find um, spirituality tours of South America and Bolivia, where you can go and and uh, you know meet with a, a a pagan shaman who will do sort of black magic stuff for you. And of course, the, the modern paganism also comes in with uh, religions like Santeria and. Um, voodoo and and um, the the cult of the dead in Mexico, where where it's being amalgamated with Catholicism, elements of Catholicism. So paganism is is alive and well in on, on planet Earth, and uh, you know it's uh, the other manifestation, of course, is in the New Age movement. So this enculturation of the Catholic faith and how do we respond to paganism is a challenging question because some people would like to throw it all out and say, oh, paganism is totally wicked, totally of the devil. We don't want anything to do with it. However, uh, paganism is part of humanity and it's interesting to see how uh, Christianity connects with it. Yeah, so I mean, in one sense... C.S. Lewis, and indeed uh, I myself in some of my own books have talked about good paganism. And then before people are getting uh, hot hot under the collar, I mean, the good paganism I'm talking about is pre-Christian. And it's what uh, C.S. Lewis said that uh, that the paganism of the Greeks uh, was like the uh, the virgin awaiting the coming of the bridegroom. The bridegroom, of course, being Christ. Right. Uh, whereas the modern neo-pagans, of the, uh, particularly of the uh, New Age movement to which you uh, referenced, might be likened to the divorcee who's deserted the bridegroom and walked out on the marriage. So, of course, if that's the case, and I think that's a very good analogy uh, that Lewis uh, comes up with there, then there's a difference. There's a big difference between the the virtuous aspects of a pre-Christian 
paganism and the yeah the, the rather witchcrafty neo pagan movements of the new age for instance today it is but the catholic church also teaches that in all of the different religions uh in the world a- apart from explicit satanism i suppose there are elements of goodness truth and beauty there are elements of mankind's thirst for god and longing for god and searching for god and all of them are fulfilled of course in the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and in the fullness of the faith in the Catholic Church. Now, that doesn't mean that all of the different religions are of equal value. Some are are superior to others. You mentioned the uh, paganism of Greece and Rome. That would be a very high and exalted form of, of paganism, which had a strain of morality to it and a strain of dignity and human um, accomplishment in the arts and architecture and drama and literature and so forth. And so the fruits of that kind of paganism are much greater than... Um, you know, some muttering, uh, bloodthirsty shaman who's, you know, slitting the necks of chickens and, and, and pulling out the guts of goats to try to, to prognosticate the future. Right. Okay, so there's there's all different forms of paganism. And this is one of the things which uh, interests me about neo-paganism, the, the paganism of our day, is that it is actually a really good religion if you're going to have a secular globalist uh, sort of government. If you're going to have a, uh, a religion which would apply to all people everywhere, paganism is a perfect fit because it is non-dogmatic uh, and it is not linked to any particular moral code. It has no canon law. It has no hierarchy. It, you hear people say, well, I'm spiritual but not religious. Well, that's perfect fit for paganism because right. paganism is this amorphous, syncretistic uh, kind of spirituality that's out there which is, seems natural to human beings Although it's very ancient, it's also very modern. Uh, it, it's a good fit for the, the modern world. When I say a good fit, it's not a fit that I approve of, of course. Right. Well, I mean, well, you can it's see a good that fit it, for the modern world yeah. because the modern world is basically a misfit as regards reality. So, yeah, if you're going to have a secular, relativistic, pluralistic, global society which heaven help us if it comes to pass because it will be a place of slavery it'll be the it'll be the it'll be the religion in the state of the antichrist right um and paganism is a perfect fit for that for these various reasons uh that it it travels well it has different manifestations which are recognizable all over the world even though they have different faces take take for instance uh the image or the uh, the symbol of the mother goddess uh, in the Vatican, we saw the Pachamama, the South American mother goddess, the the, the Earth Mother, uh, Mother Nature. Well, if you look at ancient religions and paganism around the world, almost every culture has some kind of an Earth Mother, some kind of a Mother Goddess, some kind of a fertility goddess of some sort. And it's this is, in a way, natural religion because if you and I were going to make up a religion, we'd make up paganism. Well, I mean, obviously, we we rely on the the Mother Earth, if you like, uh, for um, for the fruits of the earth. We can't survive without food and drink, and uh, and and it's it's Mother Nature, if you want to call it the Mother Earth, if you want to call it that, and, you know. And and it's in Francis of Assisi, you know, in his Canticle to Brother Son refers you know thanking god for our sister mother earth uh, you know so, so to see creation as our sister as a, as another creature under god and to revere the beauty of god's creation uh, is is absolutely healthy as opposed to the modern world which which pollutes it and treats it with contempt so you know the, the, the point is of course we can take this healthy reverence for mother nature into a very unhealthy worship of it and at that point you've crossed a threshold uh, into darkness but that distinction is really actually very important that francis and and of course this is a minor strain in christian in catholic 
theology. It's not really a mainstream, but even so, St. Francis, this beloved saint of all of us, actually um, pulls back from calling the earth Mother Earth. He actually uses this this only in one place. He, he refers to Mother Earth, and as you've said, he refers to Mother Earth as Sister Mother Earth. Right. And he refers to the sun as Brother Sun and Sister Moon and the rest of nature as brothers and sisters, which means theologically he understands that all of us together are God's creatures. Yes. We're created beings. Whereas the pagan uh, worship of Mother Earth uh, elevates the Earth to a, a deity right. elevates Mother Earth to a deity on the par with uh, Father Son. There's always the sky god who's the father and the earth god who's the mother within paganism. And uh, therefore, they, they're the two main characters in, in the pagan uh, pantheon. But Francis doesn't go there. Right. Francis pulls back and says, no, Mother Earth, we see that the good things come from Mother Earth, but it's sister Mother Earth. Right. Um, so and when, when, this... when you start worshipping a creature whether it's yourself, narcissistically, or Mother Mother Earth, uh, you're, you've basically crossed a threshold into, into a dark place uh, where you've stopped worshipping the true God. And at that point, you're obviously going to find yourself in all sorts of trouble. But to play devil's advocate, if I may, sure. uh, I, up to a point, I mean, I, I love the works of Homer. And I love the works of Homer because it seems to me that in the Iliad and the Odyssey that Zeus is basically omnipotent. There are points in, in, the, uh, in the Iliad where he says that if there was a tug of war between me and all of the rest of the gods together, I would win. Yes. And, and the other gods don't even argue with that. In other words, they seem to accept it. Which, and, and so it's the will of Zeus that's accomplished. That's what we're told at the beginning of the Iliad. So there's, a, there's God's will. And what will is accomplished there? Well, it's teaching Achilles and others, Agamemnon and others, that pride precedes the fall and in fact it's part of some divine providence that pride which is basically treating ourselves as gods treating the creature as gods that zeus teaches lessons about so in that sense we can in the healthy pre-christian paganism see if you like a prefigurement of the true religion there is and and there's a parallel in hinduism as well which is a a really good example of paganism in the modern age in in which uh, they have again lots of deities lots of demigods uh, but brahman is is the supreme god and they recognize one god above all the others and of course within uh, hinduism as well there is there's an ethic, there's a morality, uh, there's a sense of nobility and a sense of uh, right action um, and, and uh, humility and all of these, these virtues which are there, but it's not, uh, it's not specified in it so much in particular actions uh, in quite the same way that the morality comes into the, to the Hebrew religion with, say, the Ten Commandments and God right. giving specific commandments. Right. I get, I, so I, it's, and the Hebrew religion, Christianity, brings all these things into focus, doesn't it? And it becomes clear and it becomes specific and, and particular in Christianity. Right, and I've got a, I have a friend, actually, who's a convert to Catholicism from Hinduism. He's, he's from India. And uh, he talks about about, about the one aspect and, and perhaps a, an, a, almost a theological consequence of Hinduism is, is a de facto relativism. In other words, that there's something in the very aspect of what Hinduism is which, which invites a cafeteria approach to, to it. So right. you pick and choose. Uh, and of course, once you have that, then you have a, you're, you're on a slippery slope to relativism in all its other manifestations. Uh, 
the moral relativism, but also the dogmatic relativism. It's, paganism doesn't have any dogma. It doesn't have a catechism. Uh, it doesn't have canon law. <laughs> it doesn't have a church hierarchy. And of course, the, these are the things which so many modern people find objectionable about Catholicism or any any organized form of Christianity. That it, you know, it doesn't work. They say globally anymore. We're in a global society. We need something which is more flexible, which is more culturally adaptable, uh, which is not bound by you know all these things. Canon law and dogma. With the, all these things divide, they say. So we need something which unites us all. Uh, again, and paganism is a perfect fit. But I worry about it, of course, because uh, it is, like all false religions, extremely attractive uh, to, to modern people. Um, well, but, ex- it, but, it's, ex- but it's not true. Well, except the suicide rates are increasing. And, and I, th- I think that insofar as a, a, one's practice of a religion, uh, a quasi-religion, pseudo-religion, such as paganism and whatever manifestation you choose to, you know, to, to practice it, it leads to a narcissistic, um, you know, cafeteria religion. Really, is just picking and choosing what you want. And if you're picking and choosing what you want, and really, it's just a narcissistic exercise. And self-worship and ends up in despair. And that, I think that's why we do see this increase in desperation, increase in suicide. I don't believe that the paganism, however attractive it is superficially, actually delivers. No, it doesn't deliver. And the other thing which it leads to is um, it actually leads, in the end, to, to devil worship. Because it's all well and good if, you, if if everything is going well and you're affluent and you're healthy and things are fine. You say, well, I'm spiritual but not religious. And that means that maybe you go for a hike in the mountains and you have certain feelings towards nature which are uplifting and inspiring. Or, or maybe you even meditate for a little bit every day and, and that makes you feel at peace and, and have calm. But Human nature is not satisfied with that. We, we want a religion we can get our teeth into. We want a religion that's particular. We want to be able to get more secure contact with, with this spirit that's out there. This C.S. Lewis once described it as the spirit as he couldn't visualize it as anything other than a big tapioca pudding in the sky. And so this force that's out there, that, that you want it to be, you want to do something about it. And so what do they do? They go to an astrologer, they go to a seance, they go to a soothsayer, and they start practicing some sort of magic in order to get hold of this thing Espe- a bit more. especially when the inevitable happens which is suffering i mean it's impossible to go through life without at some point a major crisis major suffering uh entering the, the picture um and at that point of course you know how does a neo-pagan cope with uh, with his life being ripped to pieces by by the experience of suffering i mean again christianity has answers to that but does paganism i mean uh i i just, I just end up at that point you end up uh, having all of the uh the thin veneer of superstition removed and that's where you end up with the despair and the, and the suicides the despair or turning to some sort of uh, method to try to uh, get the to please the gods to, to to give you good luck or good fortune or to uh, have revenge on, and, and curse your enemies or, or what have you um, to try to do something about it and of course the answer to, to uh, is the Christian answer is this amazing thing which we call the scandal of particularity where God says I'm going to come and do something about it and he does um, in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's um, uh, the crux of the matter, literally the crux, which means the cross. <laughs> uh, that's the crux of the matter, uh, which uh, I've actually just finished another book, which is called Im- Immortal Combat, which I'm trying to deal with this a lot of this, this matter and bring the cross to the forefront and say, this is the answer, as it always has been. Well, thank you, Father Dwight, as always, for, for joining me on the Faith and Culture podcast. Please uh, keep a lookout for Father Dwight's new book, Immortal Combat. 
and uh, it's been a joy to talk to you albeit on the somewhat dark topic of paganism new and old thanks so much father dwight thank you and you've been listening to a faith and culture podcast with Augustine institute i'm your host joseph pierce thanks for joining me please do join me again until next time goodbye and god bless Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Faith and Culture with Joseph Pierce. Faith and Culture is a production of the Augustine Institute. For more information, please visit us at faithandculture.com.